0: Welcome back to the Work For It podcast. I am here with Ben Segal from Ben's Bites. But before we get into the show, I wanna talk about our sponsors real quick. We've got Maritime Knife Supply and Baker Forging Tool. If you are a knife maker or a maker in general, go check out Maritime Knife Supply. They will have just about everything you need and they ship super quick and their, their prices are nice and cheap because it's the Canadian to American exchange rate. Go check them out, Lawrence Lake is a great guy. Also, check out Baker Forge and Tool. If you are into Damascus and you make any sort of knives or something with Damascus, there's no better than Baker Forge and Tool. They're always coming out with really cool designs, nice layered steel. Oh my gosh, it's so pretty. Go check out Koi Baker. He's a great guy as well. Also, I couldn't do this show without you guys at Patreon supporting us. If you want to support us, it's really cheap. It's like, you know, what, $11, $10 a month or $10 a year. Totally go check that out. And then also with the regular show, you get the after show. Go check that out. It's well worth your money. Let's get into the show. Ben Segal, welcome back. You, I think you're the first person to have a second show on the interview.
1: Wow. I, yeah, I was dude. honored to be the first, the first person to be interviewed. Now I'm honored to be the first. Repeat.
0: Yeah, man. Repeat, repeat. Ben, how are you doing? What's going on in your shop this week?
1: We're doing great here. Uh, this yeah. week's a slow week. So I'm gearing up for another batch of handles. I'd actually set aside some shop time or set aside some shop work, wrapped up some things and I've, we are going through a big addition to the house. And Ooh. after 18 months and lots of mistakes by contractors and lots of me forcing them to be fixed, we're nearing the finish line to move into this new space. Um, so,
0: how large of an addition is this addition onto the house?
1: It's like a, a large two-car garage, and the space above the garage will be for my wife and her employees. So, my gotcha. wife runs a graphic design studio, um, graphic design, branding, communications. Her, her bread and butter is definitely in the nonprofit foundation world, and she does a good bit of corporate work, too. Oh, wow. Um, so, my other job between taking care of the kids, taking care of the house is all of her IT and finance work and chief dishwasher for the studio and, <laughs> you know, mail this, you know, send out this holiday packaging and, you know, record, sure. receive all the payments, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm building furniture for them, uh, for the studio, nothing totally nothing, all that exciting more of like assembling furniture, I should say and polyurethane and things. Um, it
0: sounds like the two of you are one dynamic duo. Like it sounds like the two of you just are so successful. I love to hear that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a, it's nice to hear. It's nice to, sometimes it doesn't always feel that way. right? But right. Uh, we're, you know, we're making it work. Don't get me wrong. Um, so
0: you're talking about building furniture for it. What kind of furniture are you building?
1: So let's see. So we, <laughs> this is actually a bit of a nightmare. So uh, we're, first we've got some, we have some Ikea bookshelves and stuff oh, that's geez. pretty easy to assemble. Uh, you know what? I spent a spent a day I, I spent a couple hours and you get two or three done. Okay. Um, there's probably three or four more of those to build. I have to put together her sit stand desk, but the killer is going to be we ordered a bunch of butcher block and then these like steel H-frame legs from a retailer which I will not name yet. uh oh. Um, yeah, well, the but- some of the butcher block that's come in has been damaged.
0: Oh. The no. the
1: legs that shipped painted are are dinged up. Like, we're talking thousands of dollars in desk and furniture here,
0: right? And, and it's not just like a little corner that's chipped that you can kind of make look good.
1: Well, I probably could.
0: Uh, but that's well, not what you paid for.
1: But that's not what I paid for. And so, the, and they have ignored me. That's Ooh. that's the kicker. Uh, oh man, I kind
0: of i kind of want to know who the who the company is at this I'll, point. Well, I'll tell kinda... you.
1: I'll I'll give you names afterwards. But Aww, um, come on. Yeah, man. it's not worth public shaming yet. Oh, yet,
0: um, yet is the keyword. Yeah. So, However, you guys if anyone has that...
1: co- if anyone has any contacts in that world and wants to reach out to me, um, I'm happy to. Maybe we can. Uh, all I want to do is get this fixed. Like I'm. I I did. So th- this week I called the credit card company and said, Hey, you know, I've got open tickets for a week. No one's responding. I called the there's one number on this company's website and it's to deal with wholesale sales. Mm. And so I called the number and was like. Hey, I'm just trying to get this sorted out, and, there, and the person who answered the phone said, "That's not the, that's not the you know you you're not talking to the company name you think you're talking to." Oh no. So I don't know if this is like a shell company that sells directly, and there's another company that handles the wholesale stuff. But um,
0: listen, once you're ready to name names, we'll have you back on for a third interview, <laughs> and you can just you know scorch earth this
1: thing. Well, so I, so yeah, one so luckily the butcher blocks that we have are two island size like kitchen island size standard size butcher blocks 39 by 72 inches mm-hmm. so i can go to lowe's and pick those up if sure. i have to um but one was damaged in shipping i could probably sand out the damage i've seen i haven't fully opened it up yet because i didn't want to take it too far without talking to them right the other one is you know just bowed like a good one inch bow and mm-hmm. maybe when i attach the steel legs it will straighten mm-hmm. itself out that but just
0: sounds like a recipe for disaster.
1: If it cracked, I'd rather have it documented before I do anything. Right. So because then
0: it's if if you start working with it and something goes wrong, then it's your fault and you're not getting exactly. a refund.
1: That's what I'm trying to avoid.
0: Oh, look at you, Ben. You're you're crafty with all that stuff.
1: Oh well forty six years of experience here, let's just say dealing with things. <laughs> see that's um, the I difference
0: mean, between you and me where I see something that's wrong and I'm like, oh well I can I can try to fix that or I can make that happen or whatever.
1: Well the legs the legs are a little scratched up and if I couldn't hide the damage, like by putting them against the wall, some of them I can. Sure. I could bring everything to the you know, if they paid for this, I'd bring everything to an auto body shop and say, you know, spray paint these all black, the same, you know, the same black and uniform black and call it let's get it you know done right
0: you don't want to just go over to home depot and grab a can of black spray paint and make it happen
1: <laughs> there's 24 <laughs> sets of legs 24 24 maybe 12 to 12 uh one two I don't know. there's like 15 sets of these of pretty big legs like sure it's not necessarily yeah i thought about doing the home depot spray can thing but I want the finish to look right. Like this is I want this to look like a professional office that, you know, is let's just say the caliber of our finish work.
0: And like here's the thing. Like I'm I'm giving you a little bit of shit just having poking a little bit of fun at you. No, no, no. But I totally understand. You didn't pay for this scratched up bullshit and you shouldn't be right. getting that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And if I could match the if I if I could match the color, if I knew I could match the color, it would also be a different conversation. Right. Right. But you know that the black I find in the spray can is not the touch-up paint is not going to match the black
0: that's there. Oh yeah, or like even if the pigment is correct, then the gloss finish is going to be different, exactly. or matte, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth it for sure.
1: So we'll see if they even respond.
0: Right. Um, so, if I remember correctly, you're getting an addition into the basement as well. So does, yes. that means that your shop is growing, which is huge for you because you are in a basement shop, kind of cramped, condensed spaces. So right. bringing on more space has got to be just absolutely what you need.
1: Well, so part of it is it's 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 almost more storage space, I'm, and it gets it lets things breathe a little bit more. I won't get much real space out of this um but i'll get less stuff piled up on top of stuff
0: that's the thing though is like with your condensed space if all of the storage stuff which is in your current shop gets moved into this new area then you just you,
1: you essentially
0: it. made your shop bigger even yes. though you
1: know yeah exactly no no you're 100 right and i'm very much looking forward to that um meanwhile i do have i have i have i had somebody reach out to me last week a week before and he gave me a story about a, a film member sick and he wanted to get some work done for them. And so I was like, okay, yeah, you, you, you got it. Tell me what you want. Like sure. I'll get it done. So there is a, there is a couple ongoing projects that, that, so that just means that I'll do a batch of handles and anything I have ready to go. There's, there's you know, two or three handles all ready to go and I'll get a batch of work done for people. So there is work coming down the pipe, um, right.
0: And like we rehandles.
1: I'm sure opener. we've all
0: seen your level of handle work and your knife work, and it's all like crazy high-end stuff. Um, is there anything else new? Like, is there a new technique that you're playing with that is a little bit different than what you've
1: done before? Well, it's a couple things. Nice. One, one is I've got some some 3D printed resin, some 3D printed resin cast handles with some glow powder liner layered into the 3D print. So those will look really cool i've done it once before and it got a lot of um very interesting fanfare right the other thing is that you and i have a little collaboration going on yes, or we're we in the do. planning stages of a little collaboration let's let's folder. talk
0: about that a little bit down down the pike a little bit
1: okay um yeah so i get bored one of the reasons why i like to make things is i get bored doing the same thing over and over again i sure. should never be a production person um right. Now, that being said, somebody's came, I've had plenty of retailers come me and say, I want, you know, 20 handles happy to make 20 handles sure. more than happy to do that. But, um, I like to push the envelope. I like to think about different things and I like to learn new things. So that's what drives me. And that's sure. why that's what pushed me to, from, you know, just making knife handles, which is what I kind of fell into, mm-hmm. to starting to make nicer blades. You know, to adding compound S grinds to it, um, to figure out how to really maximize our friend Brian's revolution and the True Tilt table.
0: I was just about to say that with your S grinds using the True Tilt table. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, you were the first person I saw utilizing the True Tilt to do an S grind. Well, that was that. The, how did that come about?
1: So for 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 I want to say a year or two now. Whenever I've seen somebody who I can actually talk to with a surface grinder. I said, what if you flip the blade 90 degrees to the belt, to the wheel and then run it across? Wouldn't you get basically a hollow grind for an S ask- wouldn't it be a, a poor man's like easy S grind form? Sure. And uh, everyone's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one wants to take apart their $800, $1,000 surface grinder and right. muck with it. And so when I saw, I saw Brent, I think it's a Brent post about it or Brian post about it, the true tilt. I said, Dude, it, it's perfect for this. And he kind of went, um, okay. right, Yeah. And so they sent me one of the prototype. First person. Right. Brian sent me um, Brian actually sent me the, the fit the, the prototype of the fifth gen tracking arm. Gen five tracking arm with the um, axis pivot and a true tilt table and he sent me one fabbed up and one totally blank. Gotcha. And I said, he said, I want to see if I, I want to see if we can prefab them for people. And his fabbed up one, it just, it wasn't, it didn't, it, it proved that we couldn't prefab them for people. I. Okay. That's what I used for this S grind that you saw. I, I basically put a, I used a piece of wood as a, a fence mm-hmm. and I just ran the blade along the cutting edge down along the piece of wood and you get a, you know, kind of perfect S grind off a just dis- certain distance off your fence
0: and, and what's it was interesting awesome. about that what's interesting about that is if you do that in in the correct way you can keep like let's say you have the belly on your chef knife where you are talking about switching up your surface grinding attachment to um, manufacture that end where with this you know you can follow the belly with this with the uh s exactly grind you can turn
1: like you exactly can you get the, you get the curve Right, you, you match right. the current, you match that distance. The other thing I'm working on, and I've mentally figured this out. I just haven't had time to implement it. I will for my next one. Um, I kind of figured out a system to weld some angle on some tapped angle iron to the true tilt table and the grinder. Then you can index the spot where you're, you can definitely index and micro adjust the spot where you're grinding so that when you switch up grits you can then you know you can you can micro adjust it but you can also get that just right because you can imagine right when you go from 36 to 60 grit for example on that wheel you could you lose your you lose your kind of index point right and right. then it's a lot harder to to get it back right but I, I, have a, I have an idea in my head with you know some brackets some threaded brackets that i cut from angle iron. Well, the revolution in the true tilt table. That one threaded rod would let me index and, you know, put put things back in the exact same spot, basically.
0: As you know from our conversation doing this collaboration, which again, we're going to talk about here in a little bit, um, I am very bad at like hearing. You're a visual learner on auditory. I am. I am a very much a visual learner, not an auditory learner. So I couldn't quite follow what you're saying, but I'm okay. sure a lot of people that are listening could.
1: <laughs> well, I was a little vague because I eventually I kinda wanna do this and post it. I want to do, do this and post it to help Brian and Brent. You should uh, do that. I did I did talk to them. I sent them some photos of kind of what I was thinking I was gonna do. Yeah. Um and they're There's like, Yeah, so yeah, that easy. should work. And right. I don't think they heard I don't think I heard much since then.
0: Well, like um, I just said, they're very busy. They're doing a lot oh, of shit right now,
1: so. dude. They got their, they got their, they got their, uh, they got their CNC.
0: Yeah, that like a hundred thousand dollar CNC machine.
1: Yeah, as Brian oh called it, his, his midlife crisis instead of a sports car? <laughs> I mean,
0: at least his midlife crisis is going to make him money.
1: I'd be much more intellectually engaged in a midlife crisis like that than a sports car. Yeah. Unless I bought like a, unless I bought like a nice old like. 1960s porsche to restore like i need to solve a problem that's what gets me excited right sure so just driving the drive just driving a fancy car doesn't get me excited having something
0: i'm the exact same way even growing up like i a lot of my friends were really into cars and like could talk about the engine in this one or that or the other thing about that one and i've just never i've never been excited about cars and maybe it's just because i grew up in my Chevy S10 and I never had aspirations for much more than point A to point B but have you ever been a car person because it sounds like you're talking about this mid-60s Porsche
1: not really um I'm more of a fixer person or DIY okay. person than I am a I definitely I enjoy I mean I can I, when I went from let's see I bought a Honda Civic new when I was in college because I was working on the side sure and so I had a on car for like 10 plus years through grad school I got my first job And I was like, I either want to get a Subaru WRX, which is a lot of fun. It's like a go-kart and you know one of the few manual transmissions cars you can get. Or I was gonna get a Prius. Because I vote with my conscience and my my environmental you know tendencies.
0: And also just like the amount of money you save on gas in one. Yeah, I don't drive that
1: much. Like we still have hybrids. I mean we still have a hybrid and I want to go all electric. But I think it's more about voting with your wallet for the technology, which you think we need to have than it is about necessarily saving me money right now. Sure. And we have one Subaru Ascent because I need to carpool a bunch of kids around and that's a right. giant gas guzzler and we have one Toyota RAV4 hybrid. And, you know, I think the Toyota gets three times the gas mileage than the Subaru. It sure. doesn't actually save us that much money.
0: <laughs>
1: we so also don't here's... drive that much. We're not one of these people doing a hundred miles a day. Right. So the, like, the, that's also a uh, factor too.
0: My dad with his job as a, as a rep, you know, he go, he drives like three, $400 or 400 miles a day. So okay, that would make like, it, that would add up. That would add up. And I could see, you know, a person in that position, you know, yes, the electric is, isn't quite there yet. Or, you know, people have affiliations one way or the other on electric vehicles, Right. but the amount, like it's, it's sense on the mile instead of, you know, the amount of savings is astronomical, especially if you're driving that much. Right. So it'd be interesting to see how many people like, you know, there's a big uproar with it right now because, you know, the political bullshit that goes around with just about anything in life right now. Yes. But, um, I just can't imagine, you know, in the capital capitalist world that we are, where you know everything is driven by how much money you can save and how cheaply you can get one thing to the next thing, and I'm surprised that it's not being taken up as much as it as it sh- should, you know.
1: So I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna. I think we're nearing an inflection point. I really yeah. do, and I've, I've said that for a while, and I've been. I, I guess there's a lot like there's a lot of Teslas around here. Right. I don't know about you, but like.
0: Oh yeah, um, even I mean I guess not so much in Mount Pleasant, but in Midland where I just moved from there's Tesla's all over the place.
1: So, it, but I, I see it like, I definitely, I mean, the other thing I, as I look at technology, battery technology, I don't know how much you pay attention to this, but if battery, so I heard it said if battery technology improved from like the eighties to now, like computer technology, we'd run a house on a double A battery. And that just isn't what? happening yet. Well, battery technology just hasn't changed that much, but right. you know, compared to other technology. Now there's, there's definitely some new, interesting, like I'm watching YouTube videos on like sodium batteries instead of lithium batteries Mm -hmm. and, you know, lithium batter, lithium has a challenge of like the two best places to get lithium are like Russia and China. Right. And that has all sorts of political (laughs) and issues. Yeah, that's probably, we'll leave that there. (laughs) Um, But sodium batteries, you know, that's seawater buddy. Right. There's, there's so much more of it available and it's i think it's easier to recycle the used product at the end
0: i guess salt batteries i of course i don't know what i don't know so of course i'm not going to be able to speak intelligently on it but it it just seems like a massive leap so it'd be interesting to see where it goes i don't
1: think it is i don't think it's that big a leap um okay Okay, so let me put my chemist hat on because in case people don't know, I went to grad school for organic chemistry. Nice. Granted, this is inorganic chemistry, just like the metallurgy, but I did take a couple classes. I understand a little bit more than say most people. Sure. Um, I don't think it's that big a leap is the short answer. It's okay. um, especially when I start watching, I haven't made these things. I don't wanna try making these things, but um, when I start watching you know, what people are doing, I, I think we're on a, a big, I think we're on the verge. Of, I think when you can go to sodium batteries, I think the manufacturing can get cheaper. It can offset some of the additional weight that you need because their sodium is bigger than lithium.
0: And also, et lithium, like just the mining process of lithium, is so incredibly toxic. And, right. You know, it's so detrimental to everything around it.
1: Definitely. You so we can get rid of. You know. I think. I think like Whole House Batteries that they're trying to like. Whenever you look at solar now, we looked at solar. And I want to get, I want to go there. It's just a matter of time and money. Yeah. Um, like they're trying to push these big whole house batteries. And they're really only useful if you lose power, which we right. don't tend to do that much, luckily, knock on wood. Right. Um, but you know, when, when those prices can come down and you can start storing some of these energy, anyway, I think, I think the whole green energy world is, is going to explode
0: um, yeah yeah and you know it's it's kind of like anything when when the car came out like a you know the non or the horseless carriage came out right. there is an uproar about you know all this you know newfangled you're going too fast it's going to break on you this that and the other and then now you know it's so incredibly commonplace whenever there's a new technology there's always going to be an uproar against it because you know people inherently don't like change but then it, it you know, it's so much better than what you had. Everyone kind of starts to adopt it. I just right. feel like, you know, we're, it's always going to be a new thing. There's going to be a new thing on the horizon that, oh, you know, that's going to be terrible. And then, oh, maybe it's not as bad as what we thought. And, oh, shit, this is kind of nice. Let's go ahead and get one.
1: Right. I, well, I also feel like every new technology has pros and cons. Yeah. And yeah. it's all about how you use them. I mean, you know nuclear, right? Nuclears, in some ways, it's very clean energy,
0: right? But it has, and, some, and less. <laughs> it, it has
1: some very some serious cons with what you can how devastating it can be. Um, whether intentionally, you know, or unintentionally. Sure. Um, you know, I think everything a new drug comes out. Um, and this is an area I used to work in, you know, and there's always side effects, but you try to hope that you you do more, you do more good than you do harm. So
0: we were talking about, Are you kind of touched on electric vehicles momentarily. If you're yes. looking at electric vehicles, is there one that you have your eye on that you feel would be the best fit for you that is currently on the market or, you know, might be coming up soon?
1: I'm not there yet. Um, okay. So with my car, so we talked about cars earlier. Um, my father, my grandfather started a tire and auto care business when he got back in World War II. My father took it over. And that's what paid the bills, you know, and that's, what, that's really all he knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not encouraged to go into that business. It was a very, it was a very hard business. Um, but I grew up around the shop. You know, I worked the shop periodically. You know, there were times when he needed help and he's like, your summer job, you, you they don't really need you. You're doing, you're doing grunt work. You're doing like filler work. Right, right. Can you come yeah. work for me? Help me out? Sure. You know, so from 16 on 16 till mid thirties, I did my own work in my car when I could. And I'm not gonna claim I knew. I know how to screw and unscrew things. Sure. I'm not gonna claim know the ins and outs. I'm not gonna claim to be like a qualified mechanic. But I had mechanics right I did a backstop me with the right tools and the right knowledge.
0: Nice.
1: Um, so I learned a lot like, you know, the simple fat, simple aspect of learning how to unscrew something and see it use your fingers to know where things are when you can't see it. Mm-hmm. That's a huge skill. It is. Um, anyway, so that was my background with cars and you know diy fixing things more than my father's not a car person he has a he has he has a 1973 mercedes 450 sl that he um he's painted he's he's kept it up to date he loves driving around i mean 1970s mercedes it looks really cool driving around sure i don't enjoy sure. the way it drives that's in the story um <laughs> then say i went to the hybrids and like decided that a Prius would save me money, not just on gas, but on the insurance trouble I would get myself into driving a Subaru way too fast. Um, and I've toned down my driving habits drastically when I, when I, when I got rid of the little Honda civic, um,
0: and also, you know, it, it may have been getting rid of the Honda civic. It may have just been, you know, growing up a little bit and realizing, eh, is it really worth going that fast?
1: It was, it, you know, part of it was the Prius had a little dial on it that would read out your gas mileage, instant gas mileage, and so, or, or your average over five minutes, and became it became a different kind of game to get oh. that as high as possible. Oh. That was part of it. See, um,
0: gamifying that for people has got to be, you know, that's that's, that's more beneficial key. than anything else. You know,
1: yes, <laughs> that was a key that's, for me.
0: That's an interesting. That's an interesting angle on that.
1: Um, but as far as electric vehicles. I haven't looked at carefully. I prize I prize reliability over everything else. Yeah, I don't want to be taking my car into the dealership and getting it or a mechanic and getting it fixed. So we try to keep our cars, we try to buy Honda's or Toyota's, or have always the Subaru this is the first time the Subaru sure. um, it's had a couple recalls, there's some questionable reliability here. We'll see if I keep it for the testing 10 years, 100,000 miles, I keep my other cars for sure. But I like the way the Subaru drives a lot. I like the way it feels I like the way it's designed. Um, okay. Uh, I, but that being said, Honda and Toyota have a reputation for pretty solid reliability, right. and they're just starting to come kind of come out with all electrified cars. Right. So, I certainly don't want to get to the first model year of any of these things.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Nor am I ready to buy another car right now. I'd rather I have other places to put my money. So Interesting.
0: Right. Right. Here I, we are. Emily, what and about I, you? Emily and I were really looking at the Ford Maverick really hard and okay. just because you know the gas mileage is so much better and especially back when i was driving an hour in each direction you know right you know the astro van is kind of on its last legs and you kind of see how it's deteriorating and you know are we going to get another year or are we going to get another five years who knows um so you know we're kind of kind of planning for the end of the astro era and we're kind of mm. seeing where where the next logical step would be and you know, from what we can see, the Ma- or the Ford Maverick, the little itty bitty hybrid truck. Okay. Um, you know, the gas mileage on that is fantastic, and also I can still like, especially I've got a soft spot for the small trucks because I grew up in my Chevy S10. So right. you know, I see the versatility. I see how you know it's not a big menacing thing on the road that you know, you really have to be careful going down alleys and such. <laughs> um, like my little my little s10 especially in high school i used to be able to drive that on sidewalks it's so small <laughs> i mean uh no I, I, I never drove on sidewalks what are you talking about
1: <laughs> well i went from a honda civic where i could like push people on the road whenever i wanted i pushed anyone around i would right. that car so well yeah. and then now the rav4 felt big and it's now and it's a pretty small suv i think it's like a, a camry size the Subaru Ascent feels huge by comparison. Yeah.
0: But, but the thing that I like about those little trucks is, like, you can still go and get a load of whatever. Or, right. you know, there's a ball hitch on it. So if you really need to, you can hook something up or hook up a trailer. I mean, I guess you can right. do that with 90% of vehicles. But with the S10, you know, I could I could load up a, you know, load of bricks and go build a whatever.
1: Right. Trust me. I'm, I'm looking at that. Sort of thought now, and I think I just borrowed my father's pickup truck, but yeah, um, there's a certainly something appealing about having that option and being able to do that sort of thing, especially since I'm gonna have to do this, patios that have to get done. Um, I think I'll hire out the major landscaping prep work because we got it, we have to pave a a big driveway. Um, We, in order to do this project and not have to account for drainage, we had to remove a Black top that was a basketball court that we didn't use that came with the house. I think there used to be a garage. I think it used to be a garage there. If you look at like all the houses in the neighborhood, it was, it's the carriage house space in the lot. Okay. And, um, so I need somebody to come in and drop, you know, 50 yards of loom and level out everything the excavator didn't do, um, pave the driveway. So there's a lot of that work that has to get done. Um, so in that, I'll probably hire on a lot of that, but I've definitely like, I, I would love to have the ability to, I've thought about getting a little four by eight foot trailer that I can attach to this to the Subaru Sure. and just go to Home Depot and load up like a pickup truck. Right. Um, I just don't think I want to deal with that hassle for something I'm going to use like four times a year, maybe four times a year. Right. Maybe once a you year.
0: store something like that, you know? Exactly. Ugh. Yeah, I, exactly. I see the Well, l- luckily
1: this garage is extra deep. Yeah. We basically the a two car garage plus storage space. Okay. Although I'm sure that storage space we filled up very quickly. Right. right. As these things suddenly are. Um, so,
0: switching gears real quick, when we I re listened to our very first interview, which if you guys have not listened to it yet, please go ahead and check it out. It's a good interview. It was the first one I ever did. So, I definitely was not in the swing of things yet. But I think you did a great job. Thank you. I very much appreciate that what I failed to do on it is kind of go into your background in making, because obviously you are one hell of a high-end finishing, like your handle work, your, your knife work is just next level. They're always so incredibly pretty. And every time I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see one, it just makes you stop and look at it. So thank you. I want to talk about baby Ben, you know, when, when was, when was the first time, did you have a whole lot of making experience growing up? Like, let's let's talk about the first time that you had an idea in your head. I want to make this, and then you were able to make it.
1: So I'm going to tell a story that my mother tells because I don't remember this. But I was about three years old. I said, "Mom, I want to make a flashlight." She a went, flashlight. "What?" I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "Okay, show me before you do anything." And I brought a battery those, you know, those twist ties that come with like old school sandwich bags before Ziploc bags. Okay, they're like little metal wires in like a plastic coating. Yeah. And a flashlight bulb. And I show. I said, I said here, she said, uh, Okay, that looks doesn't look you can do much damage with that. Right. And you basically attach you strip the wire, you attach one end to the bait, the negative one end to the positive and you put the bat light bulb between them,
0: right?
1: And you get a light. So that's what she tells that story. That's when she said she knew she was in trouble. That
0: is so funny because, you know, most people it's like a birdhouse or, you know, something structural. I love the fact that your first one was an electrical thing.
1: Well, that's what she told me at least, you know, who knows? I was always the kid that I'd rather take apart my computer than play games on my computer. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I've got a good friend who uh, has done very, very well in the gaming world. But um, okay. yeah, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm much more tactile, you know, I built, I got into the 3D printer world because I was curious about it. It led me to build the CNC. Then I realized the CNC is kind of, it's not, it's useful, totally useful. Awesome tool, but it's not where I enjoy spending my time Mm. making. I enjoy shaping these handles. Even with jigs, it's still a very manual process where I see, where I kind of see the steps. I control the steps along the way. You know, I don't, I don't really enjoy, I'm, I've done enough CAD work that, when it has a reason, I get excited by it. But if it's something that I can cut by hand or shape by hand, a lot of times that's faster. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that I do have a new idea where I wanted to do, um, You see, have you seen people do these V-carve inlays with wood and you get like a pattern cutting board um, or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen that.
1: So I was actually thinking about doing a non-V-carve version with some of these um animal patterns that i've that i've come up with over the years okay and like a, a pa- two different kinds of pack black pack of pack, black pack of wood and like a rosewood colored pack of wood so stabilized woods but cheap okay and two different patterns that basically i can glue back together and i can get a pattern handle in there that could be fun i just have to sit down and do it
0: i um, guess how would you just epoxy them in like how would you
1: yeah Okay. Yes. I would, so I would carve a positive and a negative, right. And then epo- epoxy them together. What I've done in the past is I've either 3d printed the pattern and, a, and, a, and color a po- you know, a, a, a resin epoxy pour of all the negative space. Right. I have done a couple of examples where I've CNC'd the pattern and then epoxy the negative space as well. Interesting. And those, those got a lot of like, oh, that's really cool. But no one followed up with wanting it. Right. Um, so I, I mean, what I found is clients tend to like colored or natural fancy burls. Like it's going to be a stunningly beautiful piece of wood. And that gets that, 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 that sells that gets people excited. People seem to be less excited by curly than they are burly, at least in my, in in my client base. Um, That
0: is really interesting. I mean, I guess it really again it really depends on your client base and see what what your fans like, but it's interesting that you it's it seems like it's not that much of a minor thing, but it is kind of a minute detail that it's fu- right, it's well, funny to me that you picked up on that detail.
1: So part of it comes from I like anything with shintoyance. Okay, you know where you where you, where you wiggle that curly wood around, and you see the look the right, right. pattern disappear or change. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love that. That's what gets me excited. And so I've made a bunch of curly maple handles and curly walnut handles. They don't the – people don't get – my client base, the people that reach out to me, don't get excited by that.
0: I have a question. Do you think it's yes. that Chatoyance doesn't normally, like, show up on camera as well as you see it in person?
1: You know, it could be um, –
0: because I have, I I have noticed that a couple times with a couple of the knives that I've made where in in right. person, you can see the chatoyance and you can see the depth of the chatoyance and it's so incredibly pretty. And then you you spend so much time trying to maneuver it in your hand or maneuver it in the sunlight or whatever, light like, to get it to sh- pop. And like, you can see that there is chatoyance, but you don't get the the effect quite as good.
1: So the compromise that I've come, with, come up with is that the two woods that have my two favorite woods, redwood redwood burls and and boina burls, have some chantoyants in the eyes. Right. I've not seen that chantoyants in any other woods, mm. in other any other burls. Um, like yellow cedar burl, I did one recently, and it and it takes crazy colors. Poplar burl will take crazy, and you have crazy dynamics across a color range where some things won't die, and some things will die. something's resistant to dye so you can get like kind of three colors in there Mm -hmm. i think um and just like when i walk by night my knife bar and i see the 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 mirror polished edges on the kitchen knives and the blades are just you know nice high grit you know it's the same kind of like oh that looks different that looks I, i like it right um so i i wish i had a better answer for why but the other thing that really sells well is these live edge resin hybrids. Yes. People love them. And um, it's,
0: it's, I thought it was kind of a fad coming through, but i still see them and I still see people like, you know, call dibs on them as soon as they're posted.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, uh, the one, the one, the one. So somebody reached out wanting, wanting some green. So what I found is Buckeye Burl and blue resin. Oh yeah. That, that'll, like, sell I no almost can't what. keep it in stock. Um, almost. I think I also think there's been a downturn in my I know there's been a downturn in my wait list or my demand. Um, and I suspect it's through the economy changing.
0: That is and what I've, home with COVID. You know, I've I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different knife makers and makers in general. Everyone is seeing a downturn this year over last year.
1: Yep. Definitely. I mean, I used to be able to tell people it was a year. And now I'm starting to i people, still telling people the year, but the reality is I'm getting things done quicker. Right. Um, so like the, the blue cur- the blue resin was such a hit, somebody wanted green. So I reached out for the green, I reached out to, uh, to find somebody custom to cast the green for me. And then while I'm waiting for it, and I said, no rush, cause I'm not gonna start this for a couple of months. Somebody else came in and they had a story that, you know, made me feel bad and motivated me to push up their project. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to try this green resin and then I also ordered some uh stabilized live edge and I want to try casting it myself cuz I think I finally figured out how to get the swirliness that I was looking for. Um
0: that's something you know I have I have my guide that I always go to for my wooden epoxy hybrid scales. Right. And right. it's it's like a secret like nobody will tell you how they do it and I'm sure it's just a pouring technique and you put, you know, this color on top of this color and you, you know, you pour it with this type of a swirl. I'm sure it's just like something like that, but it's, it's a technique that like you can spend a lot of time to try to master it. And then once you have, you know, I don't know, it's interesting. Right,
1: so, so I've, I, again, my late night trying to sleep, watching YouTube rabbit hole, what I've <laughs> I have learned I'm gathering is... that you do that a lot yeah i guess so yeah um what i what i i saw somebody suggest that so so i don't have, i don't have pressure pots i've been trying to stay away from vacuum chambers and pressure pots after working in chemistry with vacuums and high pressure systems and well, just not want to deal with the maintenance okay. um of anything so what i saw somebody do what I, so i i personally switched when i pour like those pinstripe handles um, I learned that if I use the very, the deep pour, very slow cure resin, mm-hmm. I get great pores because all the bubbles come to the top and I basically cut that off. That's extra. Or these, these 3d printed patterns, you know, all the bubbles right to the top, I cut them off and I treat it like normal. One thing I saw was that somebody said, wait about 12 hours and then mix up the mix it. wait Pour it in, come back 12 hours later and actually, and, and swirl it and, and take out like a a toothpick or a skewer or, and then mix it again and that's where you'll get your and it's then it's thick enough that the swirls will stay in place oh
0: interesting
1: so See, this is my mission this is my next uh, uh when i when the when i have time this is on my to-do list to, to try to crack this one. all
0: of these epoxy people are so pissed at you right now you're giving away the secrets
1: well, no i'm just telling people <laughs> what i saw on youtube
0: <laughs> you know i'm just messing
1: right I know. Well, what's our what's our what? So I will say that when I started making and I started talking to, uh, you know, I, I not me, ma- I didn't even start making but when I was even when I was talking to my first started talking to Brian mm-hmm. house, and I was showing him how I do some things I was like don't tell anybody how I do this. But here you go. Sure. Um, And I since since I've done that, I've adopted his philosophy of you know what, give it away. Yeah. You know, no one's going to make it. No one's going to make it like you, Mm -hmm. or you know, ninety-five percent of people, ninety-nine percent of people can't do what you do anyway. You just tell them how to do it, right? So, and I've adopted that philosophy. It's a much easier philosophy, and you know what? It makes friends with people that then want to do things with you or for you or help you when you have, you know, people willing to share with you when you have questions,
0: right? And Um, also, like, I am notoriously a terrible liar, so like to try to keep (laughs) a secret, I am, I am dog shit at keeping secrets so oh, you know too. i i i appreciate that philosophy because it just makes me a lot less stressed
1: <laughs> well, i have no i have no poker face yeah yeah me too so um, you ever see me at I'll a poker table, somebody, sit
0: down because you're gonna rob me blind
1: i uh yeah i have no poker face and so i've like i don't like to lie i'm way too honest yeah um which you know also has, has definitely hurt me in the social, you know, relationships end of
0: things. Sure, sure.
1: But like, I was talking, my daughter had a problem with a friend at school today, or this week. And I was like, Look, you and I were both very, we believe we, we have kind of a very black and white sense of right and wrong. Right? You know, we don't do this gray area very well. And I can tell you at 46 years old, like, it's hurt me. Like, you should be more flexible, it will help you. You should be more, be, be able to like, you know, get along with this person, even though you don't love them. Sure. And you know, yeah, it's a little, it's a little poker face, but it's, you know, it's a good skill to have.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, So switching gears again, let's go ahead and talk about this collaboration. I have been so incredibly excited about the progress we've made so far with it. And I guess it all started when I saw you make a quick video on Instagram. Where you had made a folding. Well, I guess let's back up one step further I got into folding knives because I saw that you had made a friction folding knife
1: no I didn't do a friction folding knife I didn't do a friction folder
0: who the hell am I thinking of
1: uh, I don't oh, no, friction no, no, no. folder I know who Vader's on a friction folder yeah my bad my bad that's no I skipped over the friction folder yes you did I said you know what I was... If I do it I'm I. sorry go ahead no I said I you know I saw a lot of people start with friction folders and then slip joints and I kind of went you know I don't get excited by that. I'm never gonna carry one of those. I I do like carrying a small light lockback.
0: I have to correct myself. It was Justin Laramie who I saw do a friction folder and then I got like my ass was on fire to make this friction folder, forge friction folder. And then he and I went back and forth and back and forth and then I got the friction folder up. You know, I, I made okay. I made a couple and I was really happy with how they turned out. And then I saw your post and I saw this
1: Which which one did you see first?
0: It, i think i just saw the um the axis lock version
1: but sorry was it which 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 was what were the liners me out of when you saw it? i have no i i just remember
0: seeing it seeing the action of it i think it didn't have liners on or the um scales on it yet it was just the liners and the blanks the unbeveled um blade on it or but you're just showing the okay. action opening and closing
1: okay so what it's with people are very excited because i started with the 3d printer so I started by buying a cheap knockoff knife from wish.com and just looking at how it was made and what the action was like, you know, and how do we, can I use that to inspire me to come up with my own locking mechanism sure. of similar design. Sure. I bought some parts on AliExpress and some other domestic knife makers, uh, USA knife maker. I hope I can say that all. Okay. Um, I bought some, you know, folding knife parts that are readily available and I put together and that. Um, but what I was doing was I was 3d printing prototypes to make sure I had my blade to lock to pivot distances all correct. Okay. And so I have Yeah, I've, I've got probably 10 3d printed prototypes where I'd measure something I get it right. And I had I had I had what people call a crossbar lock or an axis lock or an internal spring lock right. 3d printed and I would use like all thread. Is just a, a locking bar. Sure, um, and then I went and I took the design. I sent it up to send cut send, and I had some titanium scales cut with um, some like three hundred four blades. Just to use them as templates to to scribe out something, just to see if I could get a locking system that works. Sure. Um, and that that might be what you saw in the first one. I
0: believe that's where I saw it. And I just got so excited and I hit you up in the comments and uh, basically said, hey, you know, what? what's the deal with it? How can we make this happen? Because if I remember correctly, at the time, it was just kind of like a puzzle you wanted to do. And then you had kind of moved
1: on. So I think part of it was I didn't I, I hit a point where I wasn't happy with I like light thin like, I don't want to my pocket, like in the summer when I don't have when I just have a pair of shorts on, I literally have a key fob and my phone, right in my pockets, and my phone has a couple of dollars and a couple of credit cards in the back of it. So, so I didn't want a big heavy knife, I wanted something that was light and easy to carry around. Um, I could definitely see a point where I would I could definitely see value in a true workhorse for some. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's definitely a conversation point and part of the custom work I'd like to I'd like to do eventually. Um, but the short answer is, I think about the time you saw this, I didn't like the, I didn't like how it looked and felt. It just felt too unwieldy for me. Sure. Um, so I kind of said to myself, you know what, this is not where I want it to be right now. I need to kind of think about it. It's not worth, I don't know. I don't know which direction to take this right now, but I'm I'm just kind of like, I'm not happy with where it is. Mm-hmm. And you reached out to me about a week. I want to say a week later, maybe it was days later or hours See, later. What, I, what um, happens
0: is I, every once in a while i'll go through instagram and i'll be like oh i haven't seen anything from so and so for a while so let me go and check it out and i just scroll through their stuff and you know look at it and i i did that with your stuff because for whatever reason the algorithm has not been showing me ben's bites at the time
1: oh so
0: i just went killing me no the i almost dropped an f-bomb that damn algorithm it's just you know it's it's one of those things. So I, I was like, oh, I haven't seen anything from my buddy, Ben. So I went through and I stopped at that. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so I reached out to you. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I, I've just, I was the, the way I had, I had to, I had to sit. I, so the way a lot of these knives work is you kind of have this moving spring in the middle and you have to make space for the spring. Right. I really, it, it, it was adding just too much weight and girth to this and I just wasn't happy with how it felt. Since then, I, I had an idea that I called you about this week. Literally, and I last started to do night. the CAD work. Literally, last yeah, night. Yeah, okay, last <laughs> night. I got excited. So, actually, take Hold that back. Hold on. The first step was I sent
0: you. I got to break this down okay. for a second. It's Valentine's Day afternoon, and I have been just blowing up my phone. Oh my God, I had a break. You know, I just was driving and I had this idea. It's so cool. <laughs> and here I am trying to set up, you know, Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm making you know, I'm, I've am i bought steaks and I've got, you know, I'm trying to make a little romantic evening for Emily and I, and all of a sudden I'm completely <laughs> derailed. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. And you're, you're messaging, I, you messaged and then you called me and you're trying to explain it. And I couldn't understand because I'm a visual learner and, uh, yeah, the, sorry. I, I had to break that down a little bit. All right.
1: Well, so my side of things is, you know, I'm, I've got, I've got a couple kids on you in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, marriage is great. I love my wife. I love, I love her more every day. Sure. Um, but we don't do the romantic thing. We don't do the you know, Valentine's Day dinner anymore. Let's just say like okay. that. Um, and I, I was driving back from, you know, carpooling my daughter to dance. And in the car thinking about how to do this. And this idea for this internal spring, which will solve a lot of problems, it'll solve some of the problems I had with this, this concept, it'll get us a, a far more versatility in thinner blade thickness options in thinner handles in in hardware we, we don't have to source nearly as much proprietary hardware with this or not proprietary the wrong word. harder to source we don't we can get rid of all the harder to source hardware um and so i got very excited and i called you because mm-hmm. i was driving and i couldn't even i couldn't i could i could text you from a, from a stoplight and then i was like no 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 I can call them while I'm driving home. Yeah. I'm only, get, I'm only, I only have five minutes left to talk anyway, before I get home. i right, right. have to like feed the family dinner. Um, yeah. So our Valentine's day dinner was take out Chinese food and my wife and son and I had, a you know, the first course and my daughter came home and she doesn't really like to eat alone. So I had a little bit more with her. Nice. And then, um, I sat down once the kids were going to bed and I did my taxes, did some of the taxes homework. I, uh, I catted up something, I said it over to you and then I, I think you got it. Yeah.
0: Um, well, once I so saw I'm... it, you know, it, it's novel. It's something I've never seen before. And I mean, I've taken apart, I mean, I'm kind of the same way as you. <laughs> like when, when I was growing up and I would get a pocket knife, I'd take it apart and put it back together. Yeah. Um, so therefore I, I have kind of seen the insides of a lot of different knives and I've never seen anything that what you have cat up and you have in your mind. So it's a very novel thing and uh I really think you have something there because it it logically makes so much sense. And you know, there's always a little bit of a difference between what happens in CAD versus what happens in real life. So it'll be interesting to right. see how that develops. And again, it's it's been like not even quite 24 hours since this, you know, this idea popped into your head. So, right. you know, things could things could go different, but You know, I, I personally think, think especially the way that you have it, we could go like as thin as long as it works. But then the outside, what I'm thinking is, you know, we were thinking of a two liners and then, uh, scales. I almost wonder if we could go slightly thicker on the outside liner and chamfer that so that it becomes the, the outside scale. And then you could essentially make an ultra thin, ultra light pocket knife with an axis lock
1: oh interesting so you, you think you're saying that the liner could be the scale yeah basically. i mean so like a naked system i know i know i'm kind of you know i'm
0: not as well versed in that type of mechanics as you are but i think that as long as the outside doesn't have too many holes that go through i mean i don't know it seems like i i I'm trying to say it without giving away what your mechanism is on right. in the insights. So that's a little bit more well, difficult.
1: I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Well, end, it'll end up being public knowledge because right.
0: Eventually
1: it's but, not going to be once we, once, once, even, even once we get the CAD, you know, once it's, once it's out there and once you sell the first one, someone's going to take it apart and take a photo. Of oh it. yeah, of course. So like I'll probably day. take apart and take a photo of it. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I mean again, oh, it, you kind of go to you know, do we go the Bryant House route, or we just go public with it, and you know, hope that nobody steals our design, or do we go the other route and go the expensive route and try to patent it?
1: I don't know. I'd love to have I'd love to have another patent in my name.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have many?
1: Uh, I definitely have a couple. Oh wow. Uh, between grad school, I definitely have some 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 good quality papers in my name industry i have a handful of patents in my name that i'm on okay um but i also don't think i want to spend you know i don't think i, I don't think i want to i don't think at this point ben's bites is kind of a hobby side gig for me right. right it's not my full-time grind um i mean honestly if i do like ten thousand dollars in sales a year it's pretty good for yeah. me yeah it's it's everything else i gotta do so i don't know if i want to invest ten thousand dollars in a patent right. or something if that's what it takes.
0: Yeah, and also, uh, you know, we really need to do some R and R on it and like figure out: does it actually work? How effective is it? Right. What can we do differently to improve it? You know,
1: exactly. So the first thing I need to do is 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 send send this CAD design off to uh, make a couple of variants of this CAD design and send it off to the send set. right. Um, and then I need to figure out if I'm going to do titanium. I think I want to do titanium because you can you can harden it. And it's it's pretty bulletproof. Right. It, it's, supposedly it makes great springs. Right. So I got to figure out how to harden it properly. I like that with you can anodize titanium to pick up some colors. Right. And it's light. Um, so all these things are really quite appealing for material. But I need to figure out how to harden it the way I want to harden it to get the spring where we want it Especially to be.
0: Especially with the shape that the internal spring is, I could see that warping so easily you know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that um, works
0: with titanium.
1: I don't either. It's an interesting question. I feel this is something I may have to teach myself.
0: Let's zoom out uh, a little bit on this knife itself. So, yes. it's going to be a pocket knife. It's going to have the axis lock and it's going to be kind of an everyday carry style, but we haven't quite yeah. design I guess you have sent me the tanto design and I right. like it. However, I kind of want to impart your contribution is you know the handle design the internal internal situation just the the mechanics of it and like the the you know making it happen the only the right. only input that i'm doing is all the different blade shapes
1: <laughs> and it's
0: like you know and also i'll be like doing the actual you know grinding the bevels and you know doing all the finish work and putting them together and whatnot so it's not like i'm just you know Five percent right. of it and slapping my name on it. However,
1: well, I, I think there'll be I think there'll be an element of like that'll be the collaboration customs or, you know, an idea. with a collaboration production knife would be awesome. See,
0: that's a thing. So- I also
1: inv- I also view myself as the ability to take this take this on for both of us to, to take on one off customs if somebody wants something. Right. Right. You know, so those those are two options. Those, those I, I see both the production line collaboration and us both being able to do customs. Right. Which is where your blade shape comes in. So, I think once you get the locking mechanism, so the, the the blade itself has a, and I think I've shown the blade on Instagram, the template, right? You know, the the pivot hole to where the locking bar hits are the two key me- measurements for the system. Right. For this one in my hand, for the one I'm working on, one we're working on right now. Those can be changed. they've going to be changed with both the liners and the handle
0: see here's, here's after my that thought,
1: the blade shapes pretty flexible
0: that's what i'm saying as long as i keep that core the same i can do whatever i want with the rest of the blade like i could go crazy with it as long as it fits with totally within the handle when it's closed
1: well let me got to change the handle but changing that that part of the handle is easy too right
0: oh speaking of right remind me after the show to i have a couple inputs on the handle shape itself um there's totally there's was. a couple yes. things that i've kind of thought of that oh well you know the way that you hold an access lock and open it and close it you know it might right i have i have a couple inputs i let's just leave it at that
1: yeah i mean i was doing that i was trying to do that with um the 3d printed version it's kind of where i got how i got here sure. and then i just kind of left it yeah because i i you know i i, I yeah it I mean, a lot of these things to date are all on Instagram. Right. Except for this new, call it the Internal Spring. Yeah. Um, which I'm very excited about.
0: The ISV1. Internal yes. Spring version 1.
1: Well, I, I actually, in my CAD files, it's version 17. 17? <laughs> 17. A, B, C. <laughs> well, I just, I didn't, it's not 17 versions of the Internal Spring, but it's 17 versions of this knife. Okay. Not all have been um laser cut so a lot of them were 3d printed first sure
0: see that's the one thing that you know i've always thought about getting into 3d printing but i've never like i haven't really seen a proper use case for it where this is a perfect use case for being able to quickly you know not necessarily like instantaneously hit it and you have it but you can come up with an idea and print out a couple versions of that idea and five six eight hours later be able to have a thing that you can manipulate before you invest right. in titanium or laser cutting or whatever else you're going to have to do.
1: So the I tell people that like the the 3D printer like I was curious about 3D printers from when I was in college, call it the late 90s, even grad school, or 2000s. You used to have to rip apart a bunch of inkjet printers and really like salvage motors and build your own. Mm-hmm. And I was always curious, but I, there was never enough return on that to um there's never enough return on that investment to get anywhere yeah. to, to, to warrant me doing it um fast forward my daughter was kind of She was watching a tv show you know she was probably she's three or four years she was six or so watching a tv show on and they, they were using 3d printers to, to build robots okay and it was totally fictitious like that you couldn't do what they were doing right but she was curious and so I showed her Tinkercad and I was like, look, the li- we can bring it to the library and they'll print it for us and then we'll see what happens. Well, the library had a two or three month backlog and they lost our funds. They lost our stuff, or maybe we got one of them and the second one they were and so I looked online and they were like I was like two hundred bucks. I was like, you know what? This is workshop funds. This is fun. Right. I, this is a good excuse. And, and it so, gets your kid
0: into it. Like the, there's exactly. it's worth well, that 200 was,
1: dollars That was the return on investment that was that I was missing. Right, right. right. Um so she lost interest pretty quickly. I mean, she'd make little things for her friends, like a little box with a lid. Sure. And she could manipulate the three D software that, that that well. And I was like, okay, you know, she's kind of got a taste for it. Let's see where it goes. But it's not, I'm not going to force anything on her. I'm not going to force her to do more. But let's see if she, you know, she knows she can make things like that's. If I can impart to my kids, like, if you can't find what you want in the store, you can make it. That's huge. Because mm-hmm. I just like think a lot of times, if I can, if I can buy what I really want. It's not usually worth me making it right. Um, my time is usually not anyway. So 3d printers here, I said, well, the next thing I'm going to build the CNC, you can build from a 3d printer. You can, um, you can basically print a lot of the connections for what's called an M P C N C. and okay. C and it's, uh, um, it's a company view One engineering it has a kit for the electronics and the plans and all the other things that you can't print um and i built it and i was like okay that was like it was a lot of fun to solve that problem mentally okay and learn the subtleties of wiring it up and how these things go together and how they work like that was that was much more satisfying than using the cnc that's sitting and i'm looking at it right now in the workshop and going i really haven't used it in years um, gotcha i mean i mean like i want i want to i want a laser but i don't need a laser <laughs>
0: Well, now that you're having the addition onto the house, you know, you've got room to play with new tools or put more new, new toys in the shop. So no, 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 hey, don't I'm say just that. saying you
1: don't, you've say got that. some
0: more room. You got to fill that up some way.
1: No, no, no.
0: <laughs> I guess to finish up this conversation with this collaboration pocket knife with
1: the, with yes. the, uh,
0: I, we haven't come up with a new name for the locking mechanism. I feel like we need to do that.
1: Yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a great point. So we're starting like, off. I don't want to trample on anyone's pattern. I don't want to trample on anyone's trademarks. Right, right, sure. right.
0: And like you know, we can we can come up with a name. That that'll it's kind of the fun part of things. But um, you know, it's gonna start off. How long is the blade length on that thing? Like, I think I imagine it's, it's probably about three inches, three three and a half or three. Oh
1: uh, well, so, so here's a Tonto Here's a tanto prototype in front of me. I'm looking about three and a half inches on three and a half inches or so. See, seven. I
0: was thinking it's somewhere between minute. three and a half and four, but three and a half makes sense. So it's it's kind of that yeah. relative easy EDC. But the fun part about your new internal mechanism, you know, first, you know, we can, we were kind of locked into, okay, well, it's going to have to be this thick because the the regular spring on the inside allows for this much. And if we go much thicker than that, then the handle feel is going to be way too boxy or whatever. Exactly. Where now we can make it as thin or as thick as we want because of your new, you know, innovation last night. Um so we could yes. we could do, you know, an an eighth inch or a I mean we could do a collaboration <laughs> with a uh, bald man knife and tool and do a thicker clipper, a quarter inch <laughs> craziness. Polar. It'd
1: be awesome. It'd be fun. It'd be a beast. Right. We have to up we may have to update, we have to we may have to make the handle uh, like the internal screws and the handle. Oh, yeah. More robust. But that's the thing is, but. is
0: that like all of that is, I mean, that's just picking parts. That's, that's easy, right? It's not like you have to re-engineer the spring internal spring. Now you've got that. Right. Like it's all figured out. Right.
1: That's, it's, it's, it's stunning. Like, what is most, it, and it's, it feels elegant too. Right. What's
0: most, um, what is kind of more my style is like the light and thin and like slim knives. Like the knife that exactly. I carry most days is the Benchmade, uh, bug out and there's pros right. and there's cons, you know, the, the fact that the handle is so flexy on it. Like if you're, if you're holding the bu- Benchmade bug out, like you can, you can squeeze it and feel the handle, like the handle scales flexing towards each other. And I've never liked that where, but, but no. I do love how light it is, how small it is. And like, you put it on your pocket and it dis like, it feels like there's nothing on your pocket. Exactly. So I,
1: so that's one of the reasons why I wanted titanium. That's why I wanted to work with titanium liners. Right. So I wanted to be light and thin. And then I set it aside when I realized like these pieces are just growing and I wasn't happy with the way it was looking or feeling right. or fe- really feeling, looking was probably fine. Right. So
0: see, I'm excited to do a little bit more design work on the handle shape and a couple other improvements that I have in mind for the handle. And it's, it's more cosmetic Definitely. and grip style like things. And then the blade shapes, I'm excited to do a couple different blade shapes. Um, I've got a couple that I've, I'm already kind of fiddling with, but, um, the, the Tonto, I, I love the aesthetics of the Tonto. And I really love, like, there's no better box opener, like, you know, cardboard box opener (laughs) than a Tonto because of that, that sharp, you know, you get, you have the tip and that's fine, but that secondary point on the Tonto, I've always oh. loved that for just barely, you know, cutting into the the tape, especially when I was opening boxes. I was always getting Tonto knives to open boxes at Target. Um, so just because – Off
1: the shelf? <laughs> hit the supported section, grab it off the shelf?
0: Well, I'm sorry. Say that one more time.
1: I said, did you hit the sporting goods section and grab it off the shelf? Oh no!
0: I, I anything that they sell at Target is not a decent enough knife. You know, it's it's some bullshit. But I right. I would bring in my own personal knives, and I was I would always bring in Tantos because you know, especially opening up you know grocery stuff. If you cut too far deep into the package, you know, into the box, you'll you'll slice the packaging, and that's you know that's terrible. But with that secondary tip, it's just it's for whatever reason I always I got really good at angling it in just the right way that it would just barely crest into the tape itself and never go deep enough.
1: Right. I,
0: I've always loved that for use that type of use case, but it's also, a, it's a cool looking design,
1: but yeah, I've always wanted one. I mean, I was a boy scout. I go camping. I have, I'd always have my big folding knives. Oh Sure. And I've always want. I always like Tontos. I don't know why sure. they look cool. The but other um, thing
0: is if we do this production run, run where you know if we can get the handles you know cnc cut out or send cut set right. or whatever it is and you know I know Brian just got this this giant machine to possibly be able to right. you know get a bunch of blades 90% of the way there and all I have to do is finish up a bevel and you know put on an edge and put the thing together right I
1: mean- Maybe Ben could do the. Uh, maybe Ben could use a shop bot and bang out some some scales. For I us. mean,
0: we could figure something out for sure.
1: Because the scale. I've got the sizes in CAD. That's pretty straightforward. Right,
0: right. But I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing, like we could probably push out a thousand of them. Not not easily, but it's very doable.
1: Totally, absolutely. I mean, this 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 point, like, I think it's it's just, it's a bunch of people. It would be a bunch of, you know, finish grinding and you know it's, it's an assembly and it's it's fine tuning that assembly and, and tweaking the you know the, the the pivot screw and the lock the lock bar screw not the, the pivot screw and the uh, the the locking bar that the, the bar that it locks against right right um you know just like any of these bench made or flippers that you have to tweak the pivot and the screw tightness and you know it's totally doable
0: yeah, and it's also like, I can see this. I know it's it's so easy to just, if you want to build a knife or you want to mass produce a knife, you call over to a factory in China and they can pump out a million of them. But the fact that we, just the three of us, you know, me, you, and possibly Brian House um, producing some of these parts, like it's all American made, it's all American designed. And I mean... It just
1: the fourth industrial revolution the v- We're gonna lead the charge it's the
0: revolution part four it's the whole thing it's <laughs> I love to see it and I'm like right now I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about the possibility of you know doing a big production line because I've always you know you start off making knives and you have to make fixed blades just because that's that's what's feasible but all throughout right. my life I've always wanted to make a folding knife like a proper decent folding knife friction folders they're cool
1: same here. Like, I've always, I, I, exactly, like, I've always been, I mean, I was I would go camping. It was always be, a, you always carry a pocket knife camping. Right. You can carry a fixed blade, but it was a little overkill. Right, right. And um, you just feel goofy. But right. I also live, I also live in the, you know, just outside Boston. You know, it's a very different um, EDC climate here compared to probably where a lot of people listen to this, you know, anywhere else in the in the country is, is you know, I mean, I get side eye if I carry a pocket knife around here. Right, right. Well, I
0: guess, you know, the thing is, is that I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to make friction folders and, or not, yeah, not friction folders. I made a couple friction folders and they're, they're kind of cool pocket candy and they're interesting, but you can't really, there's just something about a friction folder that isn't quite the same as something that locks up and like has a pocket clip that can oh, go yeah. in your pocket. Like.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So
0: this is like, this is scratching the itch that I've always wanted to scratch. And it just feels so good to be able to like really dive into
1: this type of a thing. I'm excited, man. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's already a lot of fun. It's already a lot of fun, but it's going to keep getting more and more fun. Um, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm super stoked and, on and, it. And uh, also what else has been super fun is this whole conversation, man. I really appreciate you uh, jumping on here with me. Uh, ben, where can people find you if they want to keep up with everything Ben's bites?
1: Instagram is going to be the easiest place to find me and the place I'm most responsive. Instagram. Um, most things pop at Ben's Bite. You can find me at Ben's Bites. Um, most things cross populate to Facebook for Ben's Bites, but I'm not as interactive on that account. Sure. Uh, so, But hit me with a DM and get something done. Uh, happy to chat. Happy to, you know, help people solve problems, and uh,
0: happy to put a fr- uh, ha- happy to put a pocket knife in your pocket someday.
1: Definitely, or a or a chef's knife. Yeah,
0: we can do chef's knives too. All right, Ben. Chef's knives work right? Thank you again. Thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your working week. I've, I'm Brian Cohn. Definitely check out Ben's Bites. Ben Segal. Thank you again. Thank you. work for it.